0: Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I'm going to talk to you today about faith. I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then I'm going to jump into the message. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that the only time limit we are on is the kingdom limit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that as we step into your presence, come on, he's quick. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that your presence is here. We thank you, God, that the minute we incline our ear, you lean in. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your hope. We thank you for your faith. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just anoint this word, that even as my husband and I prayed, that it's not a wise and persuasive teaching that people are after, but it's a demonstration of your power. It's a move of your word. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would wrap your presence, you would wrap your presence around every word, that it would pierce and it would penetrate the heart, In a way that i never could in jesus name amen so i want to talk to you today about how faith operates in you we always talk about as believers how we need to have faith right you got to have faith it's frustrating when you're operating in a situation and you're struggling in faith and somebody says you know what you just need to have faith like that's not encouraging don't say that to somebody right because we already know that we know we should have faith you just need to have more faith brother scott Just need to have Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Not helpful, right? So it's frustrating when we talk about having faith. I want to talk to you about the definition of faith as having a complete trust or a confidence in someone or something. So you can have faith in something outside of God. But for the scenario that we are talking about today, let's presume that when I'm talking about faith, we're talking about having a complete trust, having a complete confidence in God himself. Moreover, the attribute of God, the character of God, and therefore the promises of God. Because every promise of God flows out of the heart and the character of God. If you guys have followed my teachings, if you've been here when I've preached, you know I'm constantly talking about moving past just the hand of God, the ways of God, and discovering the heart of God. What do we know about who God is? And so we're talking about having more than just a faith in the way God is is going to operate in our lives. But it's about having a faith in who he is, the very nature of God. We believe that God can heal. But even if we don't see it, the greater faith is that we believe God is healer. It's the essence of who he is. And so we know that we're supposed to operate on faith, but I want to talk to you too today about how faith operates in you. So I kind of want you to relax for a moment, because I think sometimes we go to church and we come out thinking about all these things I need to do and all the ways I need to be better. Anybody walk out of church kind of feeling like you were worse off than when you went in? Am I the only one, right? You, You hear all... You get all this information about all all that you're supposed to be and the way you should be living your life, and then you walk out the door and you're like, but then there's my reality, right? The reality of how I feel, the reality of my circumstance, and sometimes that can be difficult. So I want to kind of pull that off today, and I don't want to talk to you about having more faith. I want to talk to you about faith itself, the person of faith, Jesus in you, the Holy Ghost, abiding and residing in you, and how he operates for you, in you, through you. So I want you to think with me more for more about the idea of surrendering, surrendering to faith. Many of us are very aware of how fear works in us, but do you know how faith works in you? I know that fear makes my heart rate go up a little bit, right? Am I the only one? But I also know that faith makes my heart rate go up a little bit, Come on, the devil can't make something up in your life. He just takes the way the Holy Spirit works and he twists it, he perverts it. He is the author of lies. He is the father of lies. He perverts things. So many of us have are very aware of how fear works in our life, but I want you to know the effects of faith, not how to act on faith, but rather how faith acts in you when you surrender to it. Okay, so the the, what I want you to know is that the Bible says this. You have been given the fullest measure of faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. It tells us that in Romans 12, 3. The measure of faith is the same for every believer. That means, Mariah, you have the same measure of faith as I have. How many times have you heard people say, well, if I only had the faith of Sister April. Oh, if only I could pray like that. Oh, if only I had the faith of Leah. Oh, I just want to have that faith, right? But the reality is we all have the same faith of Jesus. The same faith that Jesus had is the same faith that you have. Now, different believers have developed and strengthened their faith over time by the word of God. Because remember, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by what? The word of God. If you don't know that verse, look it up. Don't let me teach you. You have a teacher that abides within you. Take it home, write it down, let the Holy Spirit teach you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So there are some of us who have an expression of faith more than others because we have, op- we have developed and we have strengthened our faith by the word of God. We have operated and we have strengthened our faith in our closet. But when you pull away all of that and you get into the core of who each one of us is because we are a spirit man who has a soul that dwells in a body, Your spirit man, your spirit man, my spirit man, and your spirit man all has the same measure of faith. And it's the same faith of Jesus. So I want to go back to this definition of faith. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And I would like to propose to you that your spirit man has no problem completely trusting in God. That's good news. Because when your soul is struggling... You can move past your soul and be like, that's nice, but I don't want to hear what you have to say. Come on, remember when the psalmist said, what is wrong with you, oh, my soul? He was talking to himself. I give my clients mirror talks quite a bit, and they're like, that's weird. And I'm like, tell me you haven't been talking to yourself in the mirror your entire life. Come on, tell me you haven't been talking to yourself while you're driving along the highway your entire life. Come on, there's a narrative that's already been going on inside of you. And what we need to do is make sure our narrative is lining up with the narrative of Jesus. And so when my soul is speaking a narrative that isn't faith, that isn't completely confident in the heart of God, I'm going to be like, that's nice, soul. But if you don't mind, I'm going to tap into my spirit man. Because my spirit man is where I'm going to find the measure of faith. I'm not going to find my measure of faith by working harder. Come on, that's good news. You can't work your way into greater faith because the greatest amount of faith is already in you. So this means you, in your soul realm, your own mind can struggle with faith, but your spirit man is completely He is chill. Come on, my spirit man is like, hmm, hmm. Come on. I don't know what your spirit man looks like, but maybe you should get in the mirror and practice him and just practice that confidence. So faith starts in the spirit. It is impossible to believe God of your own volition. You can train your mind to think like faith. You can train your actions to operate on faith. You can learn to behave in faith. Come on, the church teaches us how to act really well. But ultimately, your faith starts in your spirit. Ultimately, it starts with God. I want to go to our text today, which is in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. I think it's very interesting that the Lord gave me this verse to to speak on this because I've preached on this passage a lot. And typically, I preach on this passage and talking about the capacity of an individual and how to increase your capacity. Because how many of you know your your comfort zone will define, it will determine your capacity. Uh, but that's not at all what we're going to preach on today we're going to talk about how does faith operate in you let's read the text a certain woman of a wives of of the sons of the prophets cried out to elisha saying your servant my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves so elisha said to her what shall i do for you tell me what you do have in the house I'm going to say that again. Tell me what you do have in the house. Come on, say it again. Tell me what you do have in the house. Come on, what do you have in the house? Tell me what you do have in the house. And he said, she said, your maidservant has nothing. Oh, well, except maybe this little bar, jar of oil. Then he said to her, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door. Come on, somebody say, shut the door shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour it into those vessels and set them all aside set them aside from the full ones and so she went from him and she shut the door and so she went come on this is that obedience right and so she went and she shut the door how many of you know a lot of us have gotten the same message but we didn't go and shut the we didn't go and shut the door. I mean, that's exactly what you were It. I'm looking at the seeds. I'm looking at the direction of the seeds. I hear the voice of God. I hear what he's telling me to do. And I don't know why you got oil, but I don't. Well, it's because you didn't go and shut your door. You didn't do what God told you to do. Come on, there was years ago, I know you guys, a lot of you know my story, I had clinical depression for many years with panic anxiety attacks and I went to a women's conference, it was a women of faith conference, I remember, we were, I was sitting at a table with like five or six women, it was kind of a leap of faith for me to go because I really wasn't having a good week and I was sitting there with all these women and they were all talking about how they had struggled, many of them were talking about how they had struggled with anxiety and depression. And they were like, oh, but I've been set free, and oh, praise God, and everything else. And I was getting angrier as the conversation went on. And so I said, I finally just said, I went like this, the story's about Judy McGuire, you remember this, I went like this. Well, I mean, I've been struggling for years with all of those things, and everything God said to you, he said to me too. And she looked at me straight away, and she said, well, did you do them? <laughs> and, and I was like, and I was like well I tried come on and she was like no 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 asked if you did them did you just do them not did you try because you know what try means it means I'm going to start it but if I don't see immediate results I'm not only going to quit but I'm going to tell everybody it didn't work that's what trying is so in my counseling room you're not allowed to say I'll try you either do it or don't. I'd rather you be honest and be like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not doing this assignment. I, I would rather you say that. Then I'll try. Don't be a liar. Don't fool me. <laughs> so he goes, okay, so I'm reading on wherever I was at. So she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. How many of you know at this point she regretted? her small thinking. Come on. Ask not and you shall not have. (laughs) And he said to her, there is not another vessel. And so the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell all the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons will live on the rest. All right. So let's, let's remember who the people, I teach a class on Monday. We always say, who are the main characters in the story? There are some main characters. We're going to list three. The creditor is a main character who represents the devil right the devil wants to keep you enslaved he wants to threaten your livelihood he wants to steal kill and destroy which is what the creditor wanted to do there's also the widow who represents you and i so she also represents our tendency and how we tend to respond to circumstances and go oh my god i have nothing right So she not only represents, she represents 100% our humanity. And then we have the prophet who is the representative of God, and he represents today the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, so we have three main characters, the devil, you, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Let's put it that way, okay? So today we have the representative of God in here, with us, which is the Holy Spirit. So the widow woman is unable to see beyond the natural scope. She's unable to consider anything until she taps into the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? She taps into the voice of Elisha, who represents the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God in you. So one of the first things we learn is we've got to seek counsel from something outside of our circumstance. Stop calling your friends, y'all. Pastor, You're wearing the pastor out calling him for prayer. Because I don't know if any of you saw, we did a... um, podcast our last podcast was on speaking in tongues and we talked about how that when you when you pray in a tongue your spirit prays and i started talking about how it's the perfect prayer and how your mama can't pray for you the way the spirit does your husband can't pray for you the way the spirit does. your pastor can't i can't pray for you the way it's the spirit does so when you tap into that spiritual prayer it's the perfect you cannot miss it's the perfect prayer And so she's tapping into the person of God, knowing that he was the voice that would speak completely and confidently in God. Remember, this is what we're talking about. That's the faith we're talking about. I want to tap into the voice that has no problem completely and confidently trusting in God. I know that I look perfect. Nothing. Say nothing. Trained so well, look at him just sitting and nodding, <laughs> smiling. But the reality is, there are times in my life when I don't completely and confidently trust in God. And in those moments, I can go to Brad, who also does not always completely and confidently trust in God. I could go to April, who also does not always come on, is this a shocker for any of you that we're all completely human, right? Or I can seek, tap in the voice of God. Now, I'm not saying we don't seek counsel from other people. But I'm saying sometimes we miss out on the counsel of the voice that completely and confidently trusts in God because we seek the counsel of other people. And so the first thing she does is she seeks the counsel of the one who trusts completely and confidently in God. He was the voice of faith. The Holy Spirit in you is the voice of faith. And here's what faith does, all right? We're going to start listing these. One, faith changes your narrative. Faith changes your narrative. Verse 2, he says, tell me what you do have. All she could do was focus on what she didn't have, everything that was wrong, what the devil was doing, what the creditor was doing, what was at stake, what she's about to lose. And I wonder what narrative goes on in your mind. I wonder what story you repeat over and over again in your mind. I wonder if it is the voice of faith or I wonder if it is the story, the threat of the creditor in your life. How many of you know the devil is constantly threatening things in your life? And the more you succeed and the more you prosper, the louder his voice will get. The more he will torment you with the voice of the creditor that says, Oh, you think you're going to succeed? I'm about to steal this. I'm about to take that. I'm about to enslave you to this. That is the voice of the creditor. It is not the voice of faith. So when you decide I'm gonna tap, I'm gonna tuck myself into my closet. Come on, when I'm tapping into the voice of faith, faith changes the narrative. You shouldn't go into your closet with the same story that you come out of your closet with. You should expect that the narrative is gonna be flipped. Come on, you should expect that's what it means that there was a time in my life when I was like, I'm not leaving this room. Until you touch me, God, until you speak to me, God, until you bless me, God. I want the narrative to be changed, and I can't change it on my own. The narrative in my mind is too loud. The narrative of my circumstance is too real. Come on. But I need to know that there is a circumstance, that there is a narrative outside of all that I am experiencing. See, faith says, I will choose to believe this narrative even when I don't think it, even when I don't feel it. Faith opens the door to your, to, to the door of your mind to the spirit and shuts the door of your mind to the world. Faith, I'm going to say that again because I want to make sure. Faith opens the door of your mind. It opens the door of your heart inward and shuts it outward Do you understand your spirit soul body and so the more you tap inward and when we shut I wish I had a picture okay think with me for a moment of bullseye you have a ring in the middle you can probably pull one up real quick you have a ring in the middle that says spirit then you have your soul and then you have your body and your soul's in the middle and either has the doorway open to the center it has the doorway open this way you either have your door open to your spirit man or you have your door open to this, to your body and your flesh. Your body is how you interact with the world. It's how you relate to your circumstances. It's how you relate to your environment. It's your five senses. We're going to be talking at West Side Story about your supernatural sensing, by the way. So we're going to be talking about more than just supernatural um, gifts. Your soul is how I relate to people. It's how I relate to myself. It's how I relate to the um, people in the room. But my spirit man is how I relate to God. Okay, So many of us are trying to discover how, can I, how do I relate to my husband through my environment, through my past, through my experiences. Just as a side note teaching, I'm sorry, on the trichotomy. Here we go. So if we were to, if we were in here is your flesh. So these are your senses: your smeller, your think, your toucher, your feeler. Right? Well, we need to go back to first grade. Five is so your five senses. Right? So I'm going to be teaching on um, on West Side Story. I'm going to be teaching on taking more territory and how many of us, if we're lucky, we take this territory. But how do we take this territory? Right, how do we take this territory and actually recommend that, or realize that there's a supernatural hearing, there's a supernatural seeing, there's a supernatural touching? Come on, the woman who touched the edge, that was a supernatural touch. That was not an ordinary touch, right? So I want you to picture a doorway here, and I want you to picture a doorway here. Faith shuts this door and opens this door. And so all you can communicate is with the Spirit, and everything out here no longer matters. That's what faith does for you. It flips the narrative. i got to hurry. Faith looks for answers. This is point number two. Faith looks for answers. It opens your eyes to what doubt and fear has veiled. Remember she said, and your maidservant has nothing in the house. And then she says, but a jar of oil. Right? So all of a sudden you see her kind of starting to consider maybe there's something. Maybe there's something I didn't consider. Faith will, will have you consider something you haven't considered. And it does that by opening your eyes for answers. Come on, how many of you, again, counseling room, I come in and the first 50 minutes is all the problems. We can expect that, right? The first 50 minutes, the first session is all the problems. And my job as a counselor is to help start searching for answers. My job is not to give answers. I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you answers. But it's to ask you really good questions like, let's talk about what you do have. Let's talk about what God is doing. Let's talk about why you married your husband to begin with. Right? Because the devil wants you to, to focus on all the ways God isn't showing up. All the things you haven't accomplished yet. All the problems that could go wrong. The reasons why I can't make these decisions. So he'll have you focus on the problems, but faith it shuts the door to problems and it opens the door to answers. It opens the door. So we know so many verses in Scripture. Moreover, we have an understanding that God makes a way when there seems to be no way. But faith in full operation doesn't just know this. It looks for it. It expects it, and ultimately it finds it. Okay. So you can know God makes a way, but faith will cause you to expect it and will cause you to find it. In Romans 4, 17, it says this, that we serve a God who sees what is not, and he calls it as if it is. Here's where we're talking about the attribute of God. He sees what is not, but he, he, but he sees the answer. He's not focused on the problem. In NLT, it says it like this, he creates new things out of nothing. He creates new things out of nothing. In the message, it says it like this, he can make something, He says this, with a word. He can make something out of nothing. Come on, that's powerful. That's finding an answer. That's looking for an answer. That's expecting an answer. It's looking for an answer. But if we're so focused on the problem and all we're doing is communicating the problem, that's not faith. You're focused on your circumstance. So faith does this. When you take every thought captive, every circumstance captive, and compare it to the heart of the promises of God, faith refuses to believe anything that doesn't line up. Look, it shuts down the nose of the world, and it searches for the yes of God. Come on, there's somebody in here that needs to start searching for the yes of God. Know that it exists, search for it, and don't leave until you find it. Shut the, shut the voice of the world that says No. Moreover, faith capitalizes on any no that you get and finds opportunity in every no. What? Because all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's what it says in Romans 8. So not only does faith search for no's, but in the midst of a no, faith goes, how do I capitalize on this? And turn it into a yes and amen. That's what faith does. We must allow faith in you to search for answers. Refuse to align yourself with anything less than the promise of God. All right, point number three. Faith creates space for God to work. Okay, remember those vessels? Verse three. I'm just walking you guys right through the verses. One, two, three. Verse three says, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not just gather a few. Look, some of us have never seen God work in a supernatural way because we haven't created the opportunity. I like to tell people, how many of you seen, have seen somebody be healed right in front of your eyes? And most of the people are like, uh, not really. I'm like, how many of you have prayed for it? And you know what? there's usually a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> for every person that didn't raise their hand the first time, They didn't raise their hand the second time. And for every person that said, yep, I've seen it, raised their hand the second time that said, yep, I've done it. And you know why they've seen it? Because they've done it. And they did it, and they created room for God to work. They created room for healing to happen. Faith opens the door to the spirit realm to reveal new opportunities. Remember the story in 2 Kings where he said, go and dig ditches. I'm going to bring tomorrow, I'm going to bring water to you, but it's not going to come by rain, and it's not going to come by snow. Go and dig ditches. That was a lot of work to dig ditches, by the way. And how many of you will probably know that for every one person digging a ditch, there was one person going, what are you doing? Come on. But it was the actual ditches, come on, it was the ditches that pulled the water into the valley, that pulled the water into the land. Had they not done, dug the ditches, there would have been no water. See, they created space. They created, uh, they created that opportunity. It's the whole, if you build it, they will come idea. T- stop taking the path of every answer. Like, that, we have to know the answer. I have to know the strategy. I have to know all, and re- be willing to move on faith. Right, so how many of you are like in business, you know, and that people are like, well, we need your five-year business plan. And I'm like, okay, but this is pretty boxy, and I'm pretty sure it's bigger, and it's going to be better. And I'll put something on paper because you're telling me I have to, because when you want to get a loan, you have to put it on paper. But the reality is, in my mind, it's just space. It's just room for God to work. So when you start moving on faith and trust God to fill in the gaps, you don't have to know all the answers Point number four is, is for faith cultivates or grooms your intimacy with God and only listens for him. Remember we said you shall shut the door. Verse four, faith will drive you to your closet. It will keep you in your closet for hours. It will shut the door on the natural and it will open the door to the supernatural. It will silence your ears to the world and it will open your ears to the Holy Spirit. It will shut your eyes to your circumstance and it will open your eyes to God. It will open your eyes to God. When you decide you are going to move on faith, you must realize that it is only by faith that you will continue in it. Because a lot of us are good. Remember in the the Bible where he says, Oh, ye of little faith. He goes and he feeds the multitude and then they have this storm. And they're like, "Ah, Oh, my God. Immediately they're captured by their circumstance, everything that they can see, not saying I wouldn't have been the same. But he says at the end, O ye of little faith. And what that doesn't mean was that you have a small measure of faith. What it meant, if you read it in the Greek, it's the idea of a short-lived faith. And so faith will allure you, will groom you, will keep you in your closet. Because it is easy to start something on faith. It is, I'm going to be honest, it's easy to start something on faith. It's hard to sustain it on faith. I've been running a ministry now for 13 years. And every month there's an opportunity for God to be like, oh, you want to run it now? Okay. Oh, I didn't know you started this. Okay, do you want to take it now? Oh, I'm like, oh, no, nope, I'm so sorry. And I just get back into my closet, right? And a lot of us start things on faith, and we're like, we got this now, God, thank you. A lot of us were saved by faith, but now we live by works. All right, faith says yes without understanding. And I love this phrase, and so she went. And so she went. No idea, no questions. What do you mean, gather? How many should I get? Oh, well, can we put a six-month plan together? What size should I get? Should I ask this neighbor? Come on, how many of... Right? God says go and do this, and we're like, I I have all these questions first. I have all these questions. And it's very natural. Even Mary asked the angel Gabriel, how's it going to happen? (laughs) I mean, I kind of like find validation, and I'm like, even... Mary asked the question, but the angel Gabriel was like, bro, don't worry about it. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you. You're going to burn something that's outside of yourself. Just chill, lay back, receive it and let it happen. Right? And that's what he says. And she says, oh, okay, so let it be done unto me as you have said. And so it happened. And so she went. There are a lot of things that we do not completely. Uh, sorry, there are a lot of things that we do not completely understand. So faith says yes without understanding. Faith moves without understanding. I do not completely understand gravity, yet I am partaking and trusting it right now. I do not completely understand the structure of those chairs, but all of you are partaking and trusting them to hold you up. I just had a very fun visual. I do not completely understand the process of breathing and how oxygen comes into my lungs and somehow gets into my blood and then comes back into my lungs and comes out as poison. I do not understand that. But I am participating in the process on faith. And faith says yes without understanding. Faith will cause you to do things that you never thought you would could do, you would do, because it shuts down your mind that needs to know all the answers. Some of us don't like this. Some of us go in the closet and we're scared to death because we're like, oh my gosh, I actually saw myself doing the thing without knowing all the things. Right? But faith says yes without completely understanding. There are a lot of ways we can operate on faith in our natural living, yet we fail to operate spiritually in the things we cannot completely comprehend. So a lot of us are doing things, and we say it's on faith, but it's actually based on what we can see. I like to tell people all the time, they're like, I just need a sign from God. Like, that's great. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. I've asked God for that. But when you get a sign for God, and then you tell yes, don't tell people it was on faith, because it was actually on sight. And it was on evidence. And it was on a sign. And God does that for us, because he's gracious, and that's part of how he teaches us. It's part of how he gave poor Gideon. He needed like a gazillion of them. There are days I feel like Gideon, right? Right? And I'm like, can I have another time, please? He's like, bro, just go. Just get up and go. John 3.8 says the wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from, and you don't know where it's going. So is everybody who's born of the Spirit. I have no understanding of the wind. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going. And that's how the Holy Spirit is. We don't necessarily know where he's coming from in a moment. We don't know where he's going to take us. And that's frightening. It can be, fr- or it can be exciting. Or it can be exciting. So faith says yes without, oh, I'm way out of time, without uh, understanding. Faith moves without evidence. So similar, she poured it out. She poured it out. She, and it keeps moving. It keeps moving without evidence. And finally, faith puts a demand on God. I'm going to say that again and activates evidence of his promises. See, it was her faith that activated the evidence of what he promised. I'm going to say that again. Because some of you are looking for evidence to act on faith, but your faith is actually what puts a demand on the evidence. See, I mean, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 6, and so they went, and the Lord confirmed the word with the accompanying signs. These are the signs of those who believe. These are the signs of those who believe that signs, acts, miracles, wonders will follow them. That's what it says, that they follow them. Angels of goodness and mercy should, come on, guys, follow you, all the, right? That means I'm going first. And some of you in here are waiting on evidence and God's saying, you go first because your faith will put a demand on evidence. Your faith will put a demand on evidence. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And we've got it backwards. The devil will keep it ba- backwards in our head and he will tell you that you have to have evidence that the world tells us. Come on, your banker's gonna tell you. You gotta show me evidence. Have you ever heard the term blue sky? Right, like Brad and I have bought businesses and they're like, well this is like funding blue sky and we're like, we know. There's no evidence, it's blue sky, it's an idea. It's just a concept, right? You know this Keaton, people come to you with blue sky all the time. Faith is blue sky. Faith gathers blue sky and turns it into profit. That's what it does. It puts a demand on evidence. It pulls the promises of God into your reality. It pulls the promises of God into your reality. But here's, here's what I want you to realize. I want to go back to the beginning where we talked about you have the full measure of faith in you. And I want to talk about many of us have heard these attributes of faith and we're like, I need that. I want that. I want to be less controlling. Come on, let's just keep it real. I want to, I want to be somebody that doesn't need to have all the details before I begin to move. You are that person. Because the spirit man lives in you who says, I don't have to have complete understanding before I say yes. The spirit man lives in you who says, I know there's, cre- there's margin and there's space here for the Lord to begin to work. That's what faith says. Faith says your intimacy is groomed in your closet. Faith says you get to shut the door to the world. Faith says, I'm opening a door to the spirit realm. Come on. Faith says, there's space in your life for God to work. Faith says, your narrative can be completely different. Come on. Faith says, joy is in you, though depression is around you. Come on. I'm just going to keep it real. Come on. Faith says, you're healed of cancer, even though the doctors say you're not. Come on. Faith says, there's money in your bank, even when there's not. Come on. Faith says, Your child is healed and come home even when he hasn't. Come on, this is what faith does. It opens the door to things that are not and says, this is what is. Now, if I look outward, man, I have this reality and it's hard and it's difficult and it's crowded and it's loud and it's noisy. But faith says, shh. Come on, faith opens your eyes to things you could never know. And I'm not talking about you having more faith. I'm talking about you surrendering to the faith that's already within you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz, LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.